This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. Once again, we have, air quotes, a guest with us in the studio. Josh Bales is once again filling in for Ryan. Ryan is basically taking off the entire summer so he will not be back for quite some time so josh thanks once again for filling in for a couple so days glad to be here with you guys gentlemen any big summer plans that you have that you're excited about well not the whole summer but a, at least a week here in august okay. Okay. <laughs> camping break i'm actually gonna take up the month of august that where me and ryan are tag teaming so okay yeah okay yeah, month of august i'm gonna Take a sabbatical. Josh and I are going to a youth convention in yeah. Asbury College next week. So we get to actually see the ark. Yes, we the do. ark that the, Noah. <laughs> people, this is a little known fact that the um, the ark settled in the mountains of Kentucky. <laughs> I think. So that's, that's Mount Ararat yep. in yep. Kentucky. There's still some dinosaurs in Yes, it, there apparently. are. So. so my son Noah is there now oh, at the, at the oh, Creation oh, Museum, good, and good, we'll good. venture over to the Ark this good. week. Okay. So, that's awesome. Yep. I, there's irony there. Yes, yeah, so we were. On, he, so he's thinking about working there after high school. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My wife's uncle works there, and so uh, we're just waiting for the moment when they give him his name tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he works at the Ark. And Noah will be showing you around the Ark today. Yep. <laughs> so that's good. We are going to shift gears from where we've been we've been doing some rapid fire pastoral question and answer and i asked those questions as fast as i could um we might not have answered them as fast as we could but i was asking them at a super fast rate and one of the last the last question that we're going to ask in that series is actually the segue into our next little short series on evangelism and that question is this are you naturally evangelistic or do you have to force yourself to evangelize? Does it come naturally for you or is it something you have to work at? Public speaking doesn't come naturally to me. Uh, there's a, I guess you could say I'm an introvert in many ways. In fact, the radio doesn't come naturally to me. I, I'm surprised that I sit behind a table and a microphone. But out of that, my love for Christ is manifest. I think on a regular basis. So, and, and particularly in uh, the preaching of God's word, you might that is evangelism. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, the Bible tells us. And so, on that score, there's a, a definite yes. That's a natural outgrowth of who I am. It's interesting because Jonathan and I were talking about this before um, this segment, and you know. I, I made the point that, well, every Sunday we share the gospel from the pulpit. As preachers, you know, there are certainly uh, wheat and tares among among the congregation. And uh, so, on the one hand, preaching the gospel to doing evangelism on Sunday morning is comes really easy to me. 
even though I say some some things that are, that would the world would consider confrontational. But one on one, it comes a lot harder. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's which is strange. Like I have no problem getting up in front of two or three hundred people and and preaching, but one on one, it's just it's really hard for me. I have to force myself on on in that. I think in one sense, it's 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 easy in in terms of it was a skill just learned through discipleship, but applying the gospel to specific context in people's lives, I think that comes easy to me. Mm-hmm. But in terms of meeting a new person and jumping right to a gospel presentation or building that relationship with an unbeliever become, becomes a little harder because in pastoral ministry, I'm just surrounded by Christians so much of my time that if I'm not disciplined about building a relationship with someone who right. needs to hear the gospel, it's not going to come It's not going to come natural. Over the years of working in uh, secular employments in, you know, at different times in my life, I found that uh, there were more opportunities to share the gospel then than there are as a pastor because you because of the people that you're meeting on a regular basis aren't necessarily uh, those that are outside your church or outside of you know your general circle of friends and so it makes it a little bit more difficult in terms of sharing the gospel but you know I have you know wonderful opportunities to do that and I know that there are a number of individuals who have through uh, the work of the Holy Spirit have come to know Christ You've had a small part in that. Not actually, you've had no part in that other than just uh, uh, other than being the voice that God uses. Can I ask a follow up? Yeah. As as we uh, when you guys meet someone new, uh, how quick are you to let them know that you're a pastor? When you get into that, for myself, I just find that that creates an awkward moment, you know, or people change their maybe behavior or their attitude or their speech when they find out that I'm Pastor Vinny. You guys encountered that, and how quickly? I, I think I think it happens really quickly because you're seeking common ground right yeah. away. You know, when you talk about trying to you know enter into someone's life, the very fact that you're doing that, you're looking for common ground. So, you know, one of the common ground things that people are asking is, "What do you do for a living?" And so it has to come out right away. So I don't really, I'm not suppressing that when I'm meeting people. It, it's just something that will occur. Yeah. I I would answer it in the same way that I would go back and answer the the other question. I mean, I would agree with Josh in the fact that preaching is not difficult to get to the gospel. I think that's what we're called to to do. So at some point in the sermon, you're moving in that direction. You're you're you know intertwining the gospel throughout the message that you preach. And I don't have any difficulty doing that. One on one, it's a little bit trickier. Just in the fact that, like you said, I'm, Vinny said, I, I'm not around unbelievers a ton in my in my work week, and then when I am, I actually tend to to move more in a in a relational evangelism. I, I I like to speak gospel truths to people that I actually have a relationship with. I, I mm-hmm. find that it's more receptive to the other person than just. Hey, you're a complete stranger. Let me introduce myself as a pastor, and now let me give you, you know. Romans Road. I mean, it just feels so right. forced or salesman Yeah. And so I, I like it to be a little bit more where it happens in a more germane way, where mm-hmm. it's related to the conversation. And I actually spent most of my years, adult years, working with youth. And so I actually find it easier to engage young people 
mm-hmm. in those conversations mm-hmm. than my own peers. I, I don't know if that says something awful about me. Yes. Um, it probably <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're totally depraved. So. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So I find that it comes out more quickly that I'm a pastor when I'm working with young people mm-hmm. than it does with my own age group, just because you don't want to just drop this on somebody like you're trying to force them a certain mm-hmm. direction or force the conversation. And I probably should bring it out more quickly, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not right. sure. I've gone back and forth in my head of, is it a positive thing that this doesn't come out right away, or is this a negative thing that well, it doesn't? Well, the whole idea of, of a relational evangelism, you know, it goes back to that little pithy quote, you know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so you, you enter into somebody's life so that what you are sharing actually is from your heart. Actually, you do care about them. You don't want to see anyone lost in eternity. And so there is a sense in which you have a care for the people around you, yeah. and you're communicating that in other ways than just simply, I'm concerned about your soul for eternity. I'm concerned about you, and then that becomes part of it. Yeah, I actually think Ray Comfort does this really well because he is gifted as an evangelist, you know, out on the street meeting complete strangers, and he's able to communicate law and gospel fairly quickly and not in a salesman way, mm-hmm. but in a way where he's communicating empathy and love and care for the person in right. front of him. To illustrate this, we just had a neighborhood barbecue. We've talked about it for years, but we thought, you know what? We really don't know our neighbors that well. We've interacted briefly mm-hmm. with some of them, but really don't know most of our neighbors. So I went around the neighborhood, handed out a little flyer, and just said, hey, on such and such a date, we're providing all the food. It's in our backyard. Love to have you. And we had about 20 people from the neighborhood show up. And my wife and I talked about this, that this is – for us, long term, we would love to be able to speak in, into people's lives, to engage with them in a meaningful way. But we really felt like it would feel like we were trying to manipulate them if it comes out in, in that, mm-hmm. that I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. that, that we launched right into some sort of evangelistic <laughs> discourse in our first time that we so mm-hmm. it it did come out because people asked like Jonathan was saying it you know they ask what you do mm-hmm. but we didn't try to lead with that we didn't try to force right. that we we wanted to be it's able not to, the first thing you say it's the first thing they ask yes, you yes. <laughs> yeah. well and in those situations like specifically that one you know as Christians we we live life we try to live life consistently well what do you do before you eat you pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not putting on airs. Mm-hmm. You're actually just being consistent with your private life mm-hmm. and your public life, and that itself is a witness yeah, to yeah. those people. So, very briefly, we've been talking about evangelism. Maybe we should actually define it um, before we move on in the series. What is evangelism? I think Acts 1-8 helps us here when Jesus commissions the disciples. He tells them that they're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so I've always defined it as telling the truth about what we have seen, heard, and experienced in the life of Christ, specifically with the the Mm -hmm. gospel, the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Yeah, you mentioned good news. I mean, the the word evangelism is euangelion, which is the good message. And and uh, that good message that we're t- telling is not, you know, there has to be good news in it, it, you know, which is, you know, that salvation comes from outside of you. Yeah. Josh mentioned in our previous series that the, the text that he wanted preached at his funeral is 1 
Corinthians 15, and I actually think that's helpful with regard to this. I, I won't steal Josh's thunder because this is his chapter, my, not mine, but yeah. I think that helps with defining the message as well. Yeah, Paul says, uh, for I delivered unto you that which is of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. And so, in that is the most, probably the most concise gospel message because it uses the word sin that's what precedes the evangel that what's what precedes the good news the only reason why we need salvation is because we're born into sin through um, adam and eve's fall and uh, christ came into the world uh, lived the life that we needed to live and then died the death that we deserve to die and all who believe on him trust him as he has offered himself to us in the gospels are are saved and paul what paul does in the rest of that chapter is he unpacks that core gospel message. And sometimes in the past, this has been called kind of, uh, the framework was called Roman's Road. And you don't have to use that framework, but I do think you might have to use the content of that framework. What's the content of that framework? Yes. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it begins, you know, let's start where it begins. It begins with sin, you know, that we're, you know, sin and before it introduces us to salvation, you know, sin, salvation, service, it's kind of even the uh, the outline of the Heidelberg Catechism. We are going to continue to talk about evangelism over the next several days. This is something that genuine believers struggle with, and so we're going to hopefully help maybe alleviate some of the fears, help you understand it more clearly, and maybe encourage you to get the good news of the gospel to friends and family and and neighbors. We'll talk to you later.